Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, one. Let's go. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, where I bring you the latest cutting-edge business strategy to help you grow your home services company. I'm not only a business and sales coach, best-selling author, but I've also been recognized as an expert on the Energy Program for Innovation Clusters Prize sponsored by the U.S. Department of Energy Office of Technology Transitions. This week, I'm joined by Benjamin Bressington, CEO of Behavioral Sales, a leading personality intelligence company. Ben is a speaker, author, and he has a law and criminology degree from Australia and extensive experience applying gamification principles to Fortune 1000 companies, sales, and communication processes. We'll be discussing Ben's latest book, People Ignorant, Unlocking Success, Confidence, and Influence, and delving into how to improve sales conversions, close deals faster, and have more authentic conversations with others. If you want to increase your influence, persuasion, or close deals faster, you don't want to miss this episode. Make sure to visit my website, www.coreybarrier.com, and check out my YouTube channel in the show notes for more information. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn, apply it to your life. It's your turn to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with my man, Ben Bressington. Did I say the last? I said it right. The last name, right? You did. Yeah, you nailed it. You're like the second person I think I've ever nailed it on. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even have to practice with you either. That's pretty good. So, Ben, this is going to be a this is going to be a, such a great conversation. Just to kind of tee this up a little bit, how you and I got connected was through the platform that you're going to be talking to us about today. And I believe that you've created the future of how sales are going to be done with home services. That's what I think. Cool. That's a big claim. Wow. <laughs> like, damn. Don't set the bar high for me at all, please. Like, like <laughs> no low bar, but from Corey. I appreciate it. Globally. so well why don't you give people some insight why are you making this bold claim like why have you started with such a okay home service sales is about to get shuffled on its head and here's the guy why that's a great question i don't think anybody's ever actually asked me a question back so great job so so here's why i make that claim because look Sales training in general has a bad name. Sales training, you know, is lots of times ineffective. 
The reason for that is because there's human error, right? We, you know, even myself, like I'm a trainer, I'm a sales coach, but there's always the human element of you're going to miss something somewhere. It doesn't mean it's a big thing, but there's always something. For example, it's like if you're normally in your routine of doing whatever it is and something throws you, speak for myself, something throws me out of my routine, I could miss something small that could make a big difference down the road that maybe was never detected. So I think what you've put together here is a surefire way to ensure direct customer feedback and direct as a sales rep or a customer service rep. And you can explain how all that is going to, you know, how all that works. But that's why I believe that this is going to change the way home services are sold. Yeah, well, let's look at, let's talk about sales and sales training in the home services industry as it stands right now, right? Like, and we're not going to assume you know anything. And here's what I can promise you. I'm going to share with you some insights and some phrases you can say that'll help you improve your sales conversations and as a result, your sales conversions. One of the things I want to point out is a sales conversion requires a conversation. And we're going to talk about the different types of conversations. And I think a lot of people go, I just need more sales. All right, great. Well, everything that goes with that, there's leads, there's how you're approaching those leads, there's how you're following up with these leads, what are the conversations you're having, but more importantly, what you're saying. So, and we're going to dive into that in a lot of detail, and I'm going to give you a whole lot of stuff you can literally implement, because I want to help you improve your sales conversions like today, not in six months from now, not in 12 months from now. I think one of the biggest problems with sales training is it's easy to go to a meeting and get motivated. Like there's a lot of sales trainers that are more motivational coaches than they are sales trainers. And there's a lot of sales trainers who teach stuff that isn't real world stuff or doesn't apply to today's conversations. It worked great in the 50s and 60s. You know, some of the best selling sales books, right? Even today, the best-selling sales books are from people who stopped selling in the 70s that were selling used cars. And in their book, it literally says, lie to them, tell them whatever they want to hear so they'll buy from you. Like, bait and switch them. And people are like, this book is amazing. Like, I'm like, yeah, really? Like, bait and switch? Like, your sales philosophy is bait and switch? And you might be like, well, Ben, I don't bait and switch. And I'm like, well, it's amazing how you can do it in small ways to lose trust. Because one of the things we do was out. So I'll give people the high level summary of what we do. How about that? I created a behavioral intelligence platform. And what does that mean? We applied behavior science and linguistic science. So that means body language, because 80% of everything we communicate is body language. We've got linguistics, which means the words you use. We literally analyze the words you use to determine personality, to determine personality conflict, to determine over 100 different types of emotions and how that's impacting our call because we buy emotionally. The thing I say to people is that every sales trainer says people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. But how do they teach you to buy How do they teach you to have people buy from you? And how do you make that magnetic? How do you make it intrinsically? So how do you have people intrinsically motivated to go, take my money, take my money, right? It's not through sleazy persuasion techniques that 
result in calls from the FTC. And we see this all the time in the industry of people who go too far to one side. And we've all dealt with that, right? Like, I'm sure you can share some examples of that, Corey. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, yeah go for it. And so what we did is we, I'm a behaviorist. I studied criminology, which is human profiling criminals, right? It was where I, where my field of study was. And then I moved into the world of gamification. That's applying points, badges, leaderboards, the thing like Starbucks reward cards, reward programs. I used to build a lot of that stuff and I published books on these topics. And all this I was doing was profiling individuals. And then I got into the world of cybersecurity. And like I was literally what they call a social engineer. And what that means is I got to pay to hack humans on a daily basis because I could hack your computer, which requires me to do some geeky stuff. Or I could just call you and go, hey, Corey, I'm trying to update your payment records for your uh, payroll system that your paycheck's going out on Friday. And we're having an issue with the account. It says you changed your account. Is that correct? And you're like, no, I didn't change my account. Oh, what's the four last digits of your bank uh, so I can just verify I'm talking to the right Corey? You give me the information I need. Oh, I'm going to email you a link that I need you to click so I can just uh, confirm that like I'm talking to the right person that I'm meant to be talking about. They click the email, they click the link because they don't want their paycheck to be disappearing. And all they do in one click is they literally give me access to their entire computer system. Boom. Well, and it's playing off the business owner too, right? Because that because you said something interesting. You're playing off that because that business owner wants to protect the employees. And you said the other, you know, the employees' paychecks are going to bounce. Now you played into his emotion or her emotion, wh- whoever it is. Right? Oh, yeah. Like And so you, you compromise the individual. Like we see this all the time. We've all got those text messages that says your Amazon delivery is going to be delayed. Like, and it's coming from like XYZ.com to like whatever it is. Right. So there's a, what most people don't realize is that's a several hundred million dollar a year business. And the companies that are set up to defraud individuals are set up better than most companies here in the U S they got customer support. We used to do a lot of work with helping companies be protected from ransomware, which is where they literally get extorted, right? And it was all because some human clicked on a link they weren't meant to click on. And it just, it could have happened six months ago. Could have happened three months before the actual attack. And they they just sit there and wait for the right moment. And they kind of extort you. And it's never fun. So it's from that type of psychology and science that I really was tired of the sales world and going, There's a lot of science to sales and conversations. There's a lot of science to how to create a company culture because Zappos did it and things like that. So why did every sales trainer I go and pay big bucks to go to their events never have a scientific method to validate that if you say this, you'll get this outcome. If you do this, you'll get this outcome. They're like, well, you can try this script. And it's just like, okay, great. And like, what should we be seeing from that? What would we be measuring from that? And now what our platform does is it allows you to upload your call recordings. And literally we can analyze your call recordings in about five minutes or less, sometimes as little as 15 seconds. And I can understand personality types. I can understand what was the emotion that your sales rep was talking from and were they talking honestly or deceptively? And if so how does it do like, that? Just out of curiosity. So, so there's a whole lot of research out there to support linguistics and the words you use. So if you're the types of words people use when they're lying or they're being deceptive, they use a very specific pattern. 
And it's hard for humans to kind of read this if they're not seeing body language at times. But and our system analyzes those words, it analyzes the spacing between the words, and it's got like over 20,000 different types of research papers to validate the science behind what we're doing, right? So now you can know, well, hold on, the sales rep was speaking inauthentically here because they were maybe started checking their phone or scrolling Facebook and they got distracted on the call. And as a result, that's where they started to lose the sale. But now we can dive deeper than that. We can start to understand like... We can start to understand where trust was won on a call, where trust was lost on a call. Like if you're trying to be, I find it fascinating, the home services industry is full of, we're the trusted provider. So then why, when I analyze your phone call conversations from customer support to sales, your trust indicator and trust metrics are extremely low, so people don't trust you. Well, I would argue that if you've got to say you're the most trusted, you're probably not the most trusted. <laughs> I'm just saying. I always say to people, I'm like, the people in business I watch out to is the ones who go, I have a lot of integrity and I always work from integrity. And they bring that up in the first conversation. I'm like, I walk out of that going, I'm about to get screwed. Yep, um, for sure. <laughs> it's There's so much in a conversation that can be analyzed, but most of the time we don't know how to analyze it. We don't know how to communicate it. So one of the things I wanted to do is create this real-time feedback loop, particularly if you have like multiple sales conversations. I'll give you an example, right? There was a, a company we, we did some work for in, the, in our early days. We did a lot of research and they have 30 sales conversations over 12 months, 30 conversations. All right. And they're selling multi-million dollar deals, right? So a lot of conversations, a lot of parties involved, a lot of decision makers. One of the things is when we analyze the data, because of how they were structuring one of their conversations, they were delaying their sales cycle by three months. Because, and I'll tell you why, they were getting the engineers and the technical people on the call, right? And they were going, okay, I'm going to introduce you to our engineering department and blah, 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 blah. And the engineers would do what engineers do and talk about how the electrical current would flow from this switch to this switch and the current ratios and the ampages and the wattages and the, and the blah, 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 blah. And like they're talking to people who do not care at all about that minutia of detail. So they would get off the call going, this is a complete waste of time and this is not what we're looking for. And as a result, it would take three months to bring that conversation back around to the possibility of closing a deal. And you might be like, well, Ben, I don't do that. I'm like, well, we also analyze personality. And we teach the principle of four different personality styles. And if you don't know what personality style you're talking to on the phone, you could be just talking too quickly to the individual. And as a result, if I'm talking too quickly, I'm therefore not connecting to the person who wants me to speak more slowly. If I'm not talking and going, hey, Corey, how was your weekend? How was, what did you get up to on the weekend? If I don't build some rapport, with you, you may feel like I've insulted you. You may feel I can't trust Corey yet because he never asked me about the weather. All right. And the thing is, like, there's these little things that each personality type requires to build on. So now, one of the biggest mistakes we see a lot of sales reps making is they communicate in their style, which is one of four, and not in the style of who they're communicating with, which means sometimes you've got to speak faster. Sometimes you've got to speak slower. 
Sometimes you've got to speak in more detail because, hey, Corey, would you like to know the exact details of how I make this happen? Or you don't need that information right now. So now that simple statement is I gave you an option. So here's a little script. I'm going to give you one little hack right now you can use and implement your next sales call. So let's say you get hot leads. Hot leads, you know, fresh hot leads, you bought the leads, who, whatever it is, however you got these leads coming in, right? When you call that lead, you ask them their names, you go, hey, Corey, just quick question. This has been from wherever, like Thunder Down Under Garage Doors, right? That, does, that company doesn't exist. And if it does, I am totally sorry. I said that because I'm Australian. So the thing is, I would go, hey, Corey, just quick question. You clicked on our ad about the garage doors. And I was just inter- I'm just curious, did you find what you're looking for or are you still looking? Mm. And you literally shut up. You let them answer that question and you go, oh, I was clicking around because whatever, I clicked on a few ads and now I'm not sure what I clicked on or whatever. Because we all know if you're buying leads, they could be getting five calls, 10 calls, whatever it is, right? So the thing is, they could have already bought because somebody just spoke to them 15 minutes before. So you're going to run through your entire sales pitch for somebody that like literally has bought but can't say no to you. And so I would then, my next question would be something along the lines of, so what's most important for you or what are you really looking to achieve right now? And I shut up and I listen. Because now in those two questions, they're going to start to tell me the emotional reasons. And what I'm probing for is their emotional logic and decision-making on, hey, is it something urgent? Is the garage door broken? And you know what? They can't get the car out, so they need someone to come around in the next whatever it is. Like, Or is it just they're doing a remodel and a renovation and like they're kind of price shopping right now and they're three months away from a purchase type thing? Or like, what is it? I can get all of that information by asking the right questions. This episode of the Successful Life Podcast is brought to you by House Call Pro. Whether you're looking to streamline your operations, reduce paperwork, or boost revenue, House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Yeah, 100%. And what you're talking about here is active listening, right? And if, and really, it is a skill set. But if you can figure out how to do it, which, you know, obviously, if you're good in sales, you figured this out, would like to think. But, dude, yeah, people will tell you anything. Yes, yeah. fascinating. Well, well, some of the big stuff is most people really don't know their sales numbers. And it's fascinating. Go every I love hearing, the, oh, I close 100% of the people I talk to. And here's a game that sales reps have started playing. And one of the games they've actually started playing is like everyone, they have these, we, there's a lot of bad metrics in sales. I believe call length can be a bad metric if it's used incorrectly because it's, I would, I'd rather have a quality sales conversation rather than, oh my gosh, I've got to get this done in three minutes because if I don't get this done in three minutes, I get penalized and I've got to move to my next one. And then if I'm running late, I'm now, and like, here's the thing, if you're the sales rep and you're running late on the next call, you're carrying through this urgency. And instead of giving me space to think, space to make a choice, you're forcing me, which is creating resistance in the sales conversation. And that's with every conversation after that, because you're going to be late 
for right? I mean, it's just like a snowball effect. Oh, we see it with doctors, for example. A simple example. You've been to the doctor. He's running 30 minutes late. So you know what? He's in, he's in. He's like, he's trying to rush. And he's like, I don't have the time to connect with you or really solve into what you need me to solve into right now. So as a result, we're going to have to bump it to next time. And you're like, but I never got the 20 questions answered that I wanted answered. And now you go to your Google black hole. So the thing is your sales conversations, forcing people to Google the information you didn't give them. Oh, mind bender. Because now if I'm Googling that or TikToking that or social mediaing that, I'm going to find another vendor who is answering the questions that I want answered. And what's going to happen? I'm going to call that vendor. Because you know what? They're giving me the information I want them to give to me. And all this happened because somebody rushed a call. Yeah, so many things can get lost, dude. So many things. And again, lots of times we don't even realize what those little things are, but they add up and 100% do. So, yeah, go for it. I have, a, I, I, have so many, I have so many questions, so I'm like just shutting down here. I just want you to yeah, keep going. Well, here's something really interesting. We can actually track if people are open and receptive to hearing what you have to say, or you gave them so much information you overwhelmed them, which shut down their decision-making process. All right. How can you tell that? Because of, once again, it's all linguistically, the words they use and the language way it uses. People use different language when they have language of taking action versus language of being indecisive. So one of the metrics we can actually track is decision, decisiveness. On the call today, did your lead, did your prospect, did your potential buyer use any language that indicated them taking action? And if they As didn't... A- why not? Well, as a as the listener, how do I know this, right? As a, if the people that are listening, how do I know what you're talking about? Well, you ha- would the happiness only, sandwich. Yeah, right? well, that well, the happiness sandwich is a whole other metric, and it works on a whole lot of other science as well. So, what Corey's talking about is that it's called the serial position effect in the world of research and science. And if you want to go Google it, enjoy that rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, is we can analyze every single one of your calls. And we, do, we analyze it for the happiness sandwich effect. And well, the happiness sandwich is built on the science of you only remember the start of something and the end of something. And why this is important is your cork starting happy. So you is the sales rep starting in a tonality and a pace? And are they smiling at the start of the call? Because it's so often we make a call, we answer the call, we're distracted, we're in the middle of something, right? We're not smiling. And as a result, people aren't hearing the happiness inflection. Did you? hearing the happiness inflection if you're answering the calls in the bathroom i can promise you they're not hearing the happiness inflection right so if you're a one-man team or a small team and you're like that phone is going i'll put it a different way have you ever answered the phone and sighed before you answer the phone you're like oh like and if you tell me oh i've never done that all right all right, like go buy a lotto ticket because you're about to go win, right? Yes. <laughs> and this is the truth. Like it's that little thing. So if I just sighed before the call, right? I've now got a negative emotion going into a call. And now I'm speaking from the place of a negative emotion. 
right? So why this is important and why this connects to the happiness sandwich is because the happiness sandwich tells us everything, tells us the emotional journey of the call. And did the call start happy and did it end happy? So now if you're leaving people in a state where they aren't happy, you're allowing a negative emotion to fester. And what I mean by fester, it means buyer's remorse. Okay, if I just bought from you and I've kind of like, I've been left in a negative feeling, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I've made the wrong decision. I think I've made the wrong decision. I shouldn't have bought that garage door today. I shouldn't have bought that air conditioning system today. Oh my gosh, these guys are going to come out in three days and my house isn't clean. And like people spiral out for the craziest of reasons, right? And then they start Googling stuff which just kind of feeds their black hole of spiral, right? So now you've got a customer where you thought was happy is now charging back, calling back, leaving bad reviews, going like going off the deep end, as we say, all because we allowed a negative emotion to fester. If you've got corporate clients, it could be the difference between them starting to look for other vendors and get other quotes and not door renewal. Because you know what? My last few interactions hasn't been positive and they haven't rectified it and they've left me question. So negative emotions usually feed to us to questioning because we want to be happy, right? We don't want to be miserable. Like even though some people look like they're miserable, they don't want to be in that state, right? So that's what the happiness sandwich does. So now imagine if you could start triggering and this is what we allow people to do is like you've just had a negative call. Should you just trigger a call to then contact Corey and go, hey, Corey, I just want to make sure we did everything possible for you to make sure you're happy and you're totally satisfied and all your questions were answered. Is there something I can do to help you? Oh, there is actually. I just wanted to know about when the guys come out to my house, will they wear the slippers so my carpet doesn't get dirty? Because now I'm worried about my carpet getting dirty and blah, 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 blah. Whatever it is. Something so, so simple where they're like, oh, I just got to go to the doctor now and I may not be home when they come. Is that going to be a problem? Like, or they didn't ask about their dog. Like what? Like little things, right? Impact the conversation. So now that allows you to save a deal, build rapport, build trust, build respect, and you're building through communication and action, not where the trusted provider for 30 plus years. So how do you get to this data? is very different. So we're talking about crafting these conversations or you were just talking about that. How do you, how is this different than, I I don't know, maybe going to a regular marketing company? How is, in other words, how do you come up with these messages like you're talking about? How do you, yeah. So the big thing we do is like, so we're working through a lot of the APIs that a lot of Service Titan and a lot of these systems now make available to us. And what that does, it allows us to upload every call recording, a call transcript you've got in your system from every sales rep and every customer service call. And like our system will analyze it all within seconds, right? And then we've got a pretty little dashboard that you can look at and literally see in real time what were the three conversations that sales rep had, right? And from that, you can start to analyze, well, why are his conversations negative, right? The, and you can start, we can help you dive into this data to extrapolate insights, we call them, which are actionable intelligence, right? Not just, there's a big difference between analytics, which is you having to interpret data and us giving you actionable insights because we can start identifying trends. We can start identifying patterns, We can help you 
understand your company culture, for example. So now if we're able to analyze every type of communication that your company has, internal, external, right, we can determine are employees really happy or not because surveys in themselves are biased and full of crap because let's face it, because, and people are like, Ben, that's a bit of a tough statement to say. I'm like, well, hold on. Let me explain my position. My position is that if my boss sent me an anonymous survey, right, and there's only four sales reps, and I say, my boss is completely micromanaging and doesn't give me the power to make a decision, right? And my boss is going to read that, and he's going to know exactly who said that because usually there's some issue, right? And as a result, there's now going to be a conflict. So I have to say, my boss is amazing. It's absolutely fantastic. I love working here. And the reality is, is if they loved working here, why are you having such a hard time finding people? Why are you having such a hard time keeping people? Why is one in six employees right now looking for new opportunities, which is the current statistic? One in six. Wow. And we can track all of this type of stuff through communication change. So does that mean that some of this stuff could be preventable is what you're saying? Hundred percent, hundred percent. We can actually show you which people on your team are conflicting because of a personality conflict because they don't know how to communicate effectively with each other and they have different communication styles. Like there are some great managers and there's some great leaders out there, but they have a different communication style to some of the people doing the work, and as a result of just because of how they communicate, the message isn't heard the way they're saying it. it's heard through a lens. And just th think of it this way, four personality styles, that's four lenses to hear the world. And if you're communicating in one style, that means you're authentically connecting on one, one in four people. Yeah. So that means right. you're pissing off one, 100% every, like I can promise you right now, just because of how I'm breathing and how I'm talking, I am pissing off a certain personality type. And that's okay because I understand it. And you've heard on this call, I've changed my tonality. I've changed my pacing. I've changed the way I communicate, detailed, slow, fast. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to engage all four personalities on this style. But if I was, if I was always excited and talking like a hamster on caffeine, I wouldn't connect with everybody. And this is one of the really important things that great communicators are aware of. Agreed. So, so, so you could turn this into, like, it seems like you can use this data for, but a bunch of different things, right? You could use this for your marketing message. You could use this for your internal dialogue right you could yeah, well, let me explain the marketing message stuff so imagine this we can so let's talk about some of this imagine that we can analyze your sales team for the last six months we can analyze every single call inbound and outbound we can identify every objection you've ever said we can identify the response and how you responded to said objection right we can also identify which objections resulted in a win call or a lost call right we can also then identify that and go, hey, if you're getting all these objections on the upfront, wouldn't it be wise if your marketing team were able to help you solve some of those objections on the upfront to make your calls more effective? Maybe change the language in your emails. Maybe 
one of the things we can do for some companies is we like help them identify the personality types of their leads and then segment their leads into the four groups. So they send a different type of email out to the four different personality styles. And so they're more effective. That's a massive marketing change because now you're having your message actually connect with people more authentically and faster than ever before. Yeah, really. And like as a business owner, this strategy kind of just trickles down. And if, you know, by having this, implementing it, using the data that you're talking about, trickling that down to your, into your marketing, into your sales, all that's going to do is grow your revenue. Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know any, I don't know any other way to get such targeted information. See, one of the big things we see is like, let's say like the small service provider, right? That may be stuck in a million bucks a year, right? And they want to get to three, five million bucks a year, right? And the thing is, there's always a bottleneck usually in their growth. And it's usually because of their sales conversations and conversions. And one of the things they aren't aware of is how many deals they're losing because of simple things. And if we can highlight that, we can say, hey, when you get asked this objection, you answer it in this way, in this tonality. Like one of the things we can understand is, are people communicating from boredom? So if you've heard this objection a thousand times. So now when you hear it, you're like, Ugh, blah, 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 right? And then they hear the emotion of what you say. And now they're like, there's a gut reaction that just says, something ain't okay here. One of the big things you may not be in doing is actually empowering people's no. And if you don't empower people's no, they feel like, you're taking it away from them. So the more you can actually say, it's okay for you to tell me no, and you actually push for the no, because the sale actually starts after that. We see a lot of sales reps who there's a difference between order taking and sales. And if you aren't aware, there's a lot of franchises out there. McDonald's is one of them, which has recently opened a store that's 100% robotic. They don't longer even have the with fries with that because they actually have a computer screen that'll say the ref- with fries with that. When you pull up to the drive-through window, it's literally a computer talking to you. It's an interactive chatbot, a voice bot, like Alexa on steroids, right? Or Siri on steroids, taking your order, right? And so they've got fully robotic. So that's order taking, can be automated. A sale is when I get an objection, I have to start to persuade you. I have to convince you in a way that's intrinsically motivating you and it requires conversation. Here's an example. Like when we analyze sales calls from people and you call somebody and go, hey, Jim, I was just calling up about to see that quote I sent you out if you're interested in uh, if you're interested in it. Oh, yeah, we're still thinking about it. Uh, I, I don't know. And what's the sales rep go? Fantastic. I'll put that on the wall as a deal that's going to happen and it's going to be closing soon, right? So. Yep. But what he didn't say is he's like, well, Jim, so what is it you're actually thinking about right now with that? Well, I got several quotes and you're more than you're a little bit more expensive than the other ones. And well, Jim, are you comparing the same parts and service warranties or what are you actually comparing? Or is, is it just the price you're looking for? You would just want the cheapest price. That's a sales conversation, dealing with the objections and handling the objections and not running from it. Order taking is literally going, hell, they don't have their credit card out today. They never intended to have their credit card out. 
the thing is, like, I love the one that's just, uh, yeah, we just don't have the money. Like, sorry, there's so many ways to probe on a sales call. It's just like, you can actually say money. Like, just like with an up tone, like sure. money, like, and it has people explain what they just said. And, or you could be like, sorry, sorry, Corey, I don't want to sound silly. And this may be a silly question. It's like, sorry, what do you mean you don't have the money? Is it like you don't have the money today or you just don't have the money at all? And I don't know if you heard, like, did you hear my tonality? I wasn't going, what do you mean, Corey, you don't have the money? What do you, what, like, there was empathetic. It was curious. Like, I stumbled a little bit because as a human, I would stumble. I'm not a robot. You actually right. want to build all of that into your conversation style. And you always want to be probing for the emotional responses because the emotion gets facilitated logically. And this is what a lot of people miss in their conversations. And, like, they're trying to remove the emotion from their sales calls which results in your sales conversions dropping. I can promise you that. Yeah, no, I agree with you uh, 100%. Go for it. I, I, I think I have something I'm going to say, and then I just, I lose it. I don't know what happened. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, and one of the things you were saying to me the other day is just like, well, isn't this going to replace the sales coach? And I'm like, no, it's actually going to empower the sales coach. Because let's be honest, how many sales managers are actually listening? We surveyed a whole lot of people. And most sales managers said, I would rather get a root canal from the dentist than actually listen to sales calls. So the thing is, then you've got a sales team who aren't getting the feedback they need. And here's one of the problems when you listen to sales calls. If you're listening to a sales call, you may be listening for, most people are listening for a certain thing. A certain script, certain phrase, a certain thing. We listen using AI, which is 100% unbiased, and we're listening for over 150 different things. We're listening to emotion. We're listening to sentiment. We're listening to personality. We're listening to was there influence? Because here's one of the things we can track. We can track is during the closing stage, did you gain or lose influence because if the sales rep loses influence at the closing stage i can promise you i know exactly what they're going to do next they start negotiating with themselves have you ever wondered why some sales reps will just start dropping the price and their margins aren't as high as the other team it's because they negotiate with themselves there was one guy we analyzed the data. And what was funny is like, here we go. So Corey, do you want to move forward today? And every time the lead would go, literally do that. He would, that's them thinking. He would jump in and go, well, what if I took off $100 off the price? Or maybe if I did like 150, would that like be better for you and help you kind of move forward? Like the person is literally thinking about it. He's negotiating with himself because he's uncomfortable with the silence where a good sales rep will go, hey, Corey, so is this something you want to move forward with on today? And that person will shut up. They'll count to one Mississippi, two. You got to count to three or five in your head and you've just got to shut up. You know what you want to do is you want to use the silence on them, not on you. So this is the difference between a good sales rep and a bad sales rep is how silence is used on a call. 
And it's the same thing with your customer service reps. It's the same thing with your technicians. Like when he says sales rep, it's anybody in your company that's interacting with a customer. So let's go back for a second because you mentioned you mentioned listening to the calls and how most people, there's somebody in charge of listening to the calls. I would argue that most people still don't listen to the calls. And where I see this to be super beneficial is instead of having to say, yes, I listened to the calls, knowing you haven't listened to the calls, this is like, this is a, a extremely fast way to figure out what's going, in, going on inside of your company in a big way that's exponentially time effective, like a million minutes, you could listen to a million minutes in how long? About 15 minutes. About 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, so as long as it takes you to drink a cup of coffee. Right. So that's where I see, like, on a a scale, right? If we're talking about a one-to-one or a business owner with, you know, let's just say that five to 10 million that we talked about, that's great. But if you think about this on a scale, for example, somebody like, you know, that's doing $150, $200 million a year, for example, or like my buddy, Josh Kelly, they do $240 million a year in one location. That guy could take... This software, because he's at other companies, right? He could, he could identify software. where he's losing tens of millions of dollars a week or a month. All he's because kidding. of conversation. Inf- uh, the conver- this conver- They're not getting any data from conversations right now. They're using call time. There may be some sentiment emotion, but they're not diving deep into what's happening on that. And here's a simple thing. like If they want to make more money, here's one strategy they can apply, and I call it the Zappos strategy. Zappos did this phenomenally well to improve upsells. And I'm going to, here it is. You didn't even have to buy me a coffee. Here the thing is, so what Zappos did, they tested a lot of stuff. Zappos is a shoe company, if you're not aware that Amazon bought. So Zappos would do a thank you call. And what happens is most marketing professionals or consultants will go, you should do a thank you call, but then, upsell them straight away because like we're going to have the person on the phone. So let's like make use of that time and turn it into an upsell. So they bait and switch a thank you call into an upsell call. But what Zappos worked out is if we do a thank you call 48 to 72 hours before our upsell call, our upsells increase. That makes total sense. So let me say it one more time. If you do a pure thank you call before your upsell call, side sell call, downsell call, whatever that next transaction call is going to be, whatever you're offering increases conversions. And their thank you call is purely, hey, Corey, I noticed you made a purchase. I just want to thank you for choosing XYZ company for your business because I know you have a lot of options. And just while I'm on the phone, I just want to check if there's anything I can do to help you. Is there, is Did you have any questions? Did you get everything that we've promised? Like, is everything A-OK? And I really, Corey, I just want to appreciate you and your business because your business keeps us alive and who we are today. That's it. There's no... So, Corey, while I got you for a second, are you interested in painting the roof? Like there's none of that crap because like it's purely appreciating them as an individual. And here's the question. How many times a day do you have you have, do you receive that type of call? 
Never. Why? Why? It's all about, like you said, it's all about getting as much as out of every college you can possibly get. But at the cost of the next transaction. 100%. So, and here's where you've got to really be aware of bad data because we're all behavioral. We're all basic humans at the end of the day. We have basic fundamental desires and needs. And if you skew the data incorrectly, you get a short-term win for a long-term sacrifice. So that upsell call you got could have been felt as pushy, could have been felt as salesy, could have been felt that you're just nickeling and diming me. And therefore the trust you did have, you lost it. And therefore that's why you got the bad review. You know, I almost wonder if people would be more apt to send the bad review after you pissed them off on that fake thank you call. 100%. Because how do you feel when you felt baited and switched? How do you feel? You feel dirty. You feel sleazy. Like you want to go have a shower, right? So the thing yeah. is, I was about to refer you to somebody and you literally sabotaged my referral because you just made me feel like you don't care. That's right. Yet you've been trusted for 30 odd years. <laughs> Who cares? Like, so there's fundamental human behaviors that if you violate, it doesn't matter how marketing spins it. It's just never going to compound. Yeah. I mean, you're compounding almost like, uh, it's almost like you're compounding. Well, you're compounding, obviously not facts. After I actually lost what I was trying to say with the word there, but you're compounding almost a, an imaginary process, right? Yeah. yeah. I guess where I, that makes Yeah. And this is where like sales training gets a bad rep because Every sales trainer has got a different model, a different framework. And like our system works with fundamental human behaviors and language in 29 languages, to be honest. Like, so we can do this in Spanish, French, German, Dutch, Japanese, Chinese. Doesn't matter. Now you're starting to analyze the impact of stuff. You're starting to understand market segments. So hang on. So back up for a second. So if I have a call center or reps, whatever, a bunch of people that are using the phone every day down in Mexico or Philippines, this would work the same way. 100%. And you know what's one of the fascinating things is when people go, yeah, we listen to the calls, but we only listen to the English calls because we've got no one who can listen to the Spanish calls. Okay. How much sense does that make? (laughs) Yeah, well, like, but... Somewhere, somebody made a decision due to resources or whatever it was. And so now you're unaware of what's going on with a huge market population of a huge market segment. And yeah, there's massive opportunities. And so there's a whole lot of things of the levers you can pull in a company, right? But how else can you pull communication-based levers that have a compounding effect? And this is one of the reasons why we start with sales calls and analyzing sales calls and being able to provide this feedback loop that allows you to be active. And like, just imagine this, right? Company, big or small, it doesn't matter. We do this exact same approach with everyone. So we take six months of calls, say 12 months of calls, and we rank every sales rep and every conversation they've had. And so we can know every rep from one to 10,000. Really doesn't matter. So now we know the top 10%. We know the bottom 
We can compare word for word what they say, how they say it. What does a winning conversation sound like? What does a losing conversation sound like? And now what if we can help that bottom 10% move up the ladder a little bit, just improve their conversation so they're no longer in the bottom 10%, but in the, they step up to the bottom 20, right? How many millions of dollars in sales, top line, is that for the company? But right now in your business, what most people do is they move that bottom 10% out the door. Because they're not performing, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're not meeting our metrics of call volume, call sales, whatever it is. But it's just like, well, they're not empowered to help them be effective communication. And one of the things is there's a lot of sales, which is high ticket or high pressure. And it, that's a certain personality type. But we find that some of the social, more friendly, more engaging sales reps can be so much more consistent and effective. Sometimes you'll see these eagle type or D type personality types that are really direct ROI, high energy. They're great, but they're going miss, right? Where you'll have your more consistent dove type personalities that are base hit. They get small base hits all day long, but they are consistent like a clockwork. And a lot of the times sales teams or sales managers will cut the legs off the base hit people for the names of the big hit people. And as a result, they have an unbalanced sales team. And therefore they're creating a pressure in their sales team, which is like doesn't resonate and actually annoys the base hit people because they don't get acknowledged. They don't get rewarded. Like they've closed five deals today, but they may not be all big ticket deals, but they've closed five deals that help keep the lights on. And right. they do that every single day. That is usually the guy that gets looked over. A hundred percent gets passed over, gets looked over. Man, why aren't you closing like Ricky is? Because Ricky's like closing big deals every day. He's got a batting average of one in 20. hundred percent. I think so. All right. So, I want you to talk about, because we're getting close to time, so I want you to talk about one other thing, and that's how you can really, let's take, if somebody wanted to be just the most gangster home services company in home services, you have ways to do that, right? Through, yeah. So can you just kind of dive into that a little bit? I so would break it into the... You would break it into the three silos. So you've got sales, you've got customer support, and you've got then the company culture. So I've been talking a lot about sales. Same things happens with company culture. So all your customer support calls would be analyzing, would be making sure everyone that you're touching, either written communication, emails, communication, like it's, a, it's the happiness sandwich is positive because just like how we can track that on calls, we can track that in written communication as well. So like, did they reply to that email in a positive light or are they in a negative state? And if they're in a negative state, well, they may leave you a negative review. Like this is the type of stuff we want to resolve. Then there's also the employee company culture side. So if we can help realign the internal personal values of your employees with the company and have people excited to be working for you, your company culture is going to grow and have a wildfire on it. And you're not going to have a hard time finding people, recruiting people because your people are literally feeding in great people and people want to be attracted to great places. So it's kind of like the reasons why Zappos doesn't have a hard time finding employees because the people want to be a part of the Zappos culture. All right. So if you want a gangster company, we can help you start to analyze communication across the board 
and to help you identify these bottlenecks. And we, we provide you the insights and the solutions and how do we start tweaking this? But here's the thing. Every tweak we make, we can track how it's moving the dials. Is it moving up or is it moving down? If it's moving down, do we have to just give it a little bit of time to stabilize or do we have to actually jump in and fix it? We can do a whole lot of, imagine if every conversation in your system that you've ever had was part of the trending analytics you could use to grow your company. Like what are my problem, pro, problem products? What are the products that we're selling that have hours of customer support that we're not effectively selling for or billing for on the upfront where we think it's a high margin product, but we haven't factored in the support cost that goes into facilitating that product. And actually, it's actually not a high margin product. Uh, these are all variables you can start to understand. And you can start to see the bigger picture of the conversations you're having. Like we can also so start to analyze multi-state, multi-party conversations and, and we can actually map the entire customer journey conversation cycle from first conversation to final install final okay like what does that entire emotional journey look like and how do you optimize and improve it so here's my question if i'm a business owner and i'm listening to this how much this seems like it's going to take a lot of my time oh yeah it takes hours it takes all about 30 seconds for you to connect one button yeah. And then our AI gets let loose and does the rest. And so like it starts at like 250 bucks a month if you get the good Corey discount, right? If you get the Corey hooker brother up special. And then the thing is it grows from there and it works on that. But the reality is we designed the system so you don't need a PhD to run it because we know you've got a million and one other things to do. And all we need you to do is, and this is why we're connecting with the service Titan APIs and all these other APIs and integrations we're doing. So you can literally connect your system our system talks to your system and then gives you the data how you need it for the best way for you to consume it. If you want to speak to one of our, what we call our conversation coaches every week, which is our highly paid data analyst to show you what your insights look like and how you can interpret them and the action items they'd recommend you to take, we can make that possible. If you want a report from every email, from every call email to you, we can make that possible. If you want our daily briefing of the report, we can make that possible. If you want a special dashboard where you can look in and you can see the call history of every sales rep and did it end happy? Did it, uh, was it a happy experience? Like was, were they speaking authentically? Because that may be a measure you track now is like, am I connecting with empathy to people rather than did I make a hundred calls today? Like I would rather you make, 70 calls empathetically where you have influence and authority with people rather than a hundred calls where you have no empathy and no connection and no rapport with people. So you listed out a couple of things this does. And by the way, I'm totally with you on the empathy, the rapport. There's nothing else that I know of that can provide this kind of data. So let me ask you something. So if, but it's not like a, so it's not like a, set schedule of things like in other words it's not like when you're talking about all these different things if a, if somebody's listening and they don't need one of those things it's not it's, it's a customized deal right for yeah it's not wants, all or nothing yeah like most right. people start with understanding the happiness sandwich of where our calls are at and that's the easiest module for them to get started with because this is new data right and one of the great things is when you can work with our data analysts right our conversation coaches and like 
they can analyze the data and go, hey, Corey, I think we found out why you're losing more sales in this department than you should be. And we think you've got a sales script issue. Can we test some new stuff for you to help you improve sales conversions? And it's not like you go, piss off, Ben. I don't want more sales. Well, you may, like you may be happy where you totally are, but most people are like, yeah, what do I got to do? Well, what we're thinking with the data is telling us this. So when you get asked this objection about whatever, say this instead. That's literally it. We're like saying, say this instead. Like we can give your sales team that feedback loop that makes your sales meetings more effective because today you can talk about real conversation data from yesterday rather than, hey, you made 100 calls each today, guys. Well done. Like, well done. Keep it going. Keep pressure up. Like, ring that bell, boys. Ring the bell, right? Boys and girls, sorry, I'm not being sexy. The thing is, yeah, like we talk about, hey, what we notice is we are getting a lot of questions about this yesterday. Here's a possible recommendation for how to answer this question in a way that has people engaged and want to buy from us. And like, let's be honest, I've spoken in language today that's going to engage a lot of people who are like, hell yeah, I want to improve sales. Like I haven't sat here and hard pitched, hard sold. I haven't asked for a credit card. I don't have to make a sale. That's the thing. I can literally say the words of, hey, Corey, so where would you like to go from here? That can be my full sales pitch in close. 100%. And if Corey goes, well, what would it take to move forward and get started? Then I know Corey wants to buy and I go, well, I can walk you through that process right now if you'd be okay with that. High pressure, high crazy. Is it possible for the listeners to be able to go and just like try this? I don't know if that's possible, but I believe it probably is. So what we're working out is we're going to be actually doing a demo of this. And, and I know we're working with you to actually provide people with some exclusive benefits and access to this platform. So what I'd recommend is if the listeners want the Corey hooker brother up deal <laughs> to reach out to Corey and bother him until he gives it to you. Cause Corey is going to be doing some exclusive stuff and we've selected Corey out of every other home services business professional out there to actually bring this to the market. And here's one thing I want to point out. I like you, what you doing? said that. But, all right. So I got to stop you because I realized this today. So you just said something really important. You said you picked me out of everybody in home services. How did you do that? Data. Oh, I liked your Facebook ad. No, this <laughs> but like, but right. There's a reason why we're here. Right. And it is yeah. because I fit the profile that you needed. Now, am I? Yeah, well, it's also action taking. Like there's a lot of people who say a lot of stuff, but then they don't do a lot of stuff. So there's a big difference between the talk of the talk, or then there's the people who walk the talk. And we saw from just from what Corey's done, he walks the talk. He's got the experience. He can validate what he's saying. He's got the connections. He's got the people. He's got the resources to help empower. Because the thing is, now these business owners are having more effective sales conversations. What next? As the specialists in the home services field, Corey understands how to help these businesses overcome their marketing problems, their lead problems. Because you know what? Our sales team are now hungry now because they're getting the feedback loop and they're working what was caught, thought as bad leads before, they're turning bad leads into good leads because they're no longer order-taking and they're actually having conversations that create sales. Big difference. Right. Big difference. Yeah, you're doing it with 
the current conversations that your customers are having with your people. And I think that's what is so intrinsically different about this than anything else that I've seen. You just, yeah, dude, I'm just amazed to see where this is going to go. There's so many more things that we can talk about, but I guess on the note that- You know what we should do is we should ask your listeners to comment under this or email into Corey and go, what questions they want to know and- how can we help them? Because you know what? We can do we can do live call replays. Like if you send Corey your call recordings, we can actually analyze them and talk to them about the mistakes and the challenges and the tweaks you could literally make. Like if your listeners actually want that, they should ring your bell until you actually provide them that information. Man, I wonder if we could ever convince somebody to come on and let us do analyze it live. That would be cool. There's many ways mm. to do that. Without a doubt. We just got to find the brave person that would be willing to step up to the plate and do that. All right, Ben, where can everybody find you? Yeah, where can everybody find you? Well, so the company is behaviorsales.com. But uh, what I'd highly recommend is if you want the special things we're doing with the home services industry, just hit up Corey, connect with Corey, tell him you want the thing that that crazy Australian guy was talking about, and we'll we'll get you hooked up. Perfect. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, my pleasure, man. anything away from this podcast make sure you subscribe leave a review and go check out some other episodes on successfullifepodcast.com this is the successful life thank you for tuning into the successful life podcast we hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey remember greatness is a journey not a destination Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at CoreyBarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.